Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody. Episode 63, One Man's Opinion podcast, the podcast that is sweeping the nation. Welcome to it, everybody. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, commenting, uh, sharing with a friend. However, you've chosen to make this podcast a part of your day, night, morning, lunch break. I don't know, coffee break, smoke break if you're Ted Schuster, whatever it is. Appreciate you very, very much, everybody. Indeed, this is the One Man's Opinion Podcast. I am Jeff Mans. You find my work if you just stumbled in. Uh, happy to have you. Uh, fantasyguru.com. That's the place to go. All my seasonal sports content over there, meaning all the NFL draft stuff, the rankings, the the uh, recaps, the updated fantasy football rankings that should be up by the time you're listening to this as well projections the draft rooms everything over there also all seasonal fantasy baseball content over there as well daily fantasy sports content including my baseball cash game breakdowns of course football when the football season starts basketball hockey uh pga mma every single thing we do in daily fantasy sports can be found on elitefantasy.com and of course elite sports betting Dot com for all your legalized sports betting needs. You could follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, M-A-N-S, that's how you spell that, the Jeff Mans, all one word on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. As I mentioned, this is episode 63. Today, uh, this is spontaneous. This is a bonus episode. So uh, if you notice, we were late. Well, this is a late episode from last week. I didn't want to, I record these on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. Last week, I did not. I'm going to fly solo, by the way, on the show. And it's going to be rapid fire type of stuff, okay? Uh, what we did last week, I didn't want to put out another NFL draft preview. For one, uh, Russell Clay and I gave you an hour and a half, you know, nearly uh, you know, 105 minutes or so of the, the preview. And I thought we did a real good job with it. And putting out another one two days before, it, it, and then everything you know gets thrown off after that. Well, it made no sense to me. It's better to do a recap. And I also want to get you guys a recap that you're not going to hear anywhere. I'm going to go round by round. I'm just going to fire it off. This is top of the mind. This isn't man's preparing or researching or anything else. This is These are my thoughts on the teams, on the draft picks as we go, unfiltered and uncensored as always. I'll be back later on this week with a full pre or a, a recap of the NFL draft from 2021 here. That's where we'll put it into context. What teams do we like more? What players who won, who lost as far as fantasy is concerned, as far as betting is concerned, all that good stuff. So uh, we've got a lot of NFL to talk about with you guys over the next few podcasts. And again, I really do appreciate you guys tuning in and downloading just uh, brings a smile to my face. I love pumping out these podcasts. I love being able to say shit when somebody drafts like shit. I love being able to talk real with you guys. And that's something that I, I love SiriusXM dearly. I really do. And the people in charge over there have been very kind to me, give, give me a form and they're great. But in fairness, it's a family radio station. And I understand that, you know, I don't, I have had small kids and I hated going to like theme parks or places and people are cursing. And so I get it. 
So again, if your kids are in the car, be careful with that, with that as far as the, uh, this podcast is concerned because it could get blue at times. Anyway, uh, let's dive right into it. I don't know how long this episode's going to go. I'll always aim for an hour, but as those who know me best, I, I could. this could be a two-hour podcast. This could be 30 minutes. I don't know because I'm just going right over it. I'm recording this Sunday morning immediately after the NFL draft concluded, basically yesterday late or late last night. Easy for me to say. See, I'm stumbling already. I haven't even been drinking, and I'm stumbling. Uh, let's get to it. Round one. So, uh, first of all, let's clear the air. And I know if you listen to my other shows or you heard me on fantasyguru.com, by the way, if you want to go back, um, on uh, fantasyguru.com, there's a free two free NFL live streams that we recorded for you. Those were free to everybody. And I made a bet on Thursday night on my Sirius XM show. I said, listen, if the Chicago bears get Justin Fields somehow, if they were somehow, if they traded up and if fields fell to them, I will strip naked on my live stream. Well, by now you all know what happened and all the twigs and berries and everything came out to, to bear totally buck naked on our uh, shirt, pants, everything gone on our fantasy guru live stream. So uh, that happened. Not my proudest moment, but uh, as you'll hear, I'm very excited about Justin Fields and not just because he went to my bear, it had nothing to do with that. I think this player is fantastic. The fact that he's going to what so happens to be my boyhood team is just amazing as well. I also want to get, so that happened. I also got to say that Aaron Rodgers is an asshole. Aaron Rodgers is a rotten son of a bitch. He's just a, a, He's a bad person. And again, he's not evil. You know, there are bad people in the world. You know, there's there's all kinds of levels of bad people. He's a bad person to be around. His personality is terrible. His ex-teammates, I sent a tweet out at Jeff underscore man's Aaron Rodgers. He got up on Thursday morning and decided to make something. He blindsided the Green Bay Packers with all of this absolute fucking nonsense about getting traded. Fucking nonsense is all it was. And stop believing the the bullshit. Stop it. Guys, I, I, I had to sit there and listen to people say, oh, yeah, he's going to Denver. Denver's interested. How is Denver going to trade? How? Explain. Use your fucking brain. How is he going to be traded to Denver. They just traded for Teddy Bridgewater. And they have Drew Locke. And I'm not even saying that, Aaron, of course, getting Aaron Rodgers would be worth it. But Green Bay would have to want one of those two, if not both of them, back. And more draft picks. It's not out of the realm of possibility. It's just unlikely. And it was always unlikely. All of it's unlikely. Why, If you're the Green Bay Packers, why would you give up the reigning MVP? Now, Again, if, if you're Jeff Manns, you would say, yeah, fuck you. I don't care. Because Jeff Manns believes in Jordan Love, that he's at least capable. And now, another, you know, full year of seasoning behind the reigning MVP. Okay, maybe there's something. So if you were to make a deal and get a bunch back to get rid of Aaron Rodgers, because I don't, I don't know if you can win with Rodgers. You know? 
So um, I don't know if you can win. Be, they made the NFC Championship game, of course. So the record's great. They're number one seed. But I don't know if he could, he's capable. People don't play. His teammates don't like him. His coaching staff doesn't like him. His organization now, full organization, doesn't like him. They like what he does on the field. And by the way, if you're valuable at your job, just remember that. Or remember that. I had to deal with that elite sports for a long time. People pretended to like me because I was good at my job and they couldn't do anything. And then as soon as I stopped being profitable to them directly or they started showing their true colors, fuck it, you know, it was was done. And I'm not afraid to cut bait on people. So I've been through stuff like this. I I can assure you I'm not the jerk in that situation. Other situations, yes, I've been the jerk before, but not with some of my coworkers. Anybody who's ever been around me I think at least at the very least respects me. I, I, that's an important part of life. In my opinion, those who know you best that ask, know you know who you are, what you're about, have been through adverse times with you. That respect is important. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have it. He's amazingly talented. He was never getting traded during this draft. So that was all just garbage. Why do we follow that bullshit? All right, so that I, I got to get that out into the air as well. Thirdly, with this draft, or secondly, whatever, um, first round. All right, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson off the board, fine. You know, we knew that was going to happen. Lawrence, I agree with. Zach Wilson, I do not agree with. One year, one year flash at BYU. Just, I don't get it. I, I think it's a bad pick for the, or a, the wrong pick for the Jets. Could it work out? I really like what the Jets did. Overall, I really like the Jets' picks here overall and the way the team's starting to shape up. So I think Zach Wilson's in a spot, a much better spot to succeed than Sam Darnold ever was. But so that's their guy, fine. I disagree, but not uh, that's not one I'm going to pound the floor for. Third pick overall was Trey Lance, San Francisco. And this is where I want to make a stand. San Francisco did not know what they were doing. They did not know who they were choosing. Don't let this organization lie to you. Don't let them sit there and lie. They floated Mac Jones to everybody in the know. And then they changed it because they knew Mac Jones was garbage. They knew it. They absolutely bona fide knew it. They didn't have interest in Trey Lance until the end or maybe they had interest, but they didn't, this was not their guy. And the fact that an organization can give up all that draft capital like San Francisco did and not know who they were taking two months ago is impossible. Just goes to show John Lynch is awful. John Lynch isn't any good. They've only made the playoffs once under his, his years there. And uh, they made that Super Bowl great, outstanding, but that was a defensive Super Bowl. And it was led by a bunch of acquisitions that John Lynch had nothing to do with. Did he get Richard Sherman to sign? Sure, he absolutely did. Did he, sign, did he draft Nick Bosa after you know, having the second overall pick? Absolutely. But why does he have the second overall pick? Why are the 49ers by the way, uh, drafted. If you notice, the the 49ers have drafted in the uh, top three just about, what, every year under John Lynch, right? I mean, they drafted 
Third this year, oh, they traded up, Jeff. Yeah, I know they traded up. 2020, they drafted 31st. 29, they drafted third overall. 2018, they drafted ninth overall. 2017, they had the second overall pick, ended up third overall. 49ers have been top three pick, and the only one they have to show for it, Nick Bosa, I mean, quite frankly, he got hurt. Right? He got hurt. So we don't know what he's going to come back. We're giving John Lynch a lot more credit than he deserves. Trey Lance has a chance, a chance to be successful. He's got a modern day skill set, as opposed to Zach Wilson, as opposed to Mac Jones. So I'll give you, I'll give the 49ers credit there. It's a much better pick than Mac Jones, much. But at the same time, what are you, how they handle their quarterback, how they handle Trey Lance going forward this year, starting this year is going to say everything in the modern landscape, the NFL, as I've said thousands of times, you're, you can't wait for the quarterback to develop. You just can't do that. So I don't know what the 49ers think because this is a team that's sort of built to win now. Right. And with Jimmy Garoppolo, they have a chance. Garoppolo got them to a Super Bowl before. The defense comes back. Bosa and company healthy. Great. I I personally think they've lost too much on defense to be anywhere close. And then not to mention they've lost their defense coordinator, uh, who was in, Robert Sala, who is now in New York, who had a lot to do with that. And a lot of the defensive coaching staff went along with him. So – which direction does this go with San Francisco? Because if you start this year and Jimmy Garoppolo is your starter, I think everybody would agree Trey Lance is not would not beat Jimmy Garoppolo out in a straight up competition right now. Just way, way, way too uh, too green as of now. Okay, now maybe eight, six, eight, 10, 12 weeks in a season, that's different. But if Garoppolo, if Garoppolo goes, let's say he has a lot of success. If they got back to another Super Bowl, how in the world, how would it be possible that you would then draft, you could get rid of your quarterback? What if they won the Super Bowl? Garoppolo, Super Bowl winning quarterback, and you say, nah, the second-year guy's better? Okay, and if that's the case... And if what if Garoppolo's terrible? What if you are bad again? Then you replace him with Lance. Then you're rebuilding, but you've already lost one of his developmental years by sitting Jimmy Garoppolo ahead of him. And oh, that would be the better alternative, quite frankly, for the 49ers. But again, that's setting yourself up for immediate failure when you just took on contracts of Alex Mack and re-signed Trent Williams to a, a big time deal and all these other things. Made all and Another thing is you took draft capital away from year two, three, two and three from uh, Trey Lance, where ideally you would want to have an influx of talent, have more talent pull in. That's why the way to build this team is to actually bottom out, do what the Jaguars did, retain all your draft picks. Retain your draft picks, throw, dump players, get the compensatory picks, get a bunch of draft picks, have a ton of salary cap room, 
bring in your franchise guy on year one, that starts the rebuild. And then you build it all back up. And that way, every year that that quarterback is developing year one, year two, year three. All right. You are adding talent via the draft and via free agency. Don't do it where they have to develop and have less talent around them than they had the year before. It's a bad way. So I think the 49ers are over their skis. I think they chose the wrong quarterback. I mean, if it was between Mac Jones and Lance, they tra- they took the right quarterback. Otherwise, but Justin Fields was the best quarterback, second best quarterback in this draft. It was not close. Anybody worth their salt knew that. And don't you dare think the 49ers and John Lynch, because they had success two years ago, are worth their salt because it's the same organization that passed up Deshaun Watson, the same organization that passed up Patrick Mahomes. The Bears got blasted for it. Ryan Pace got blasted for it, and deservedly so. But the 49ers were almost worse, that they had not only the second pick where they could have took either one of those guys, but then they got a bunch of ones and twos to get the third pick overall, which they could add either quarterback or any of the other impactful players. And in 2017, they did not do that. They drafted Solomon Thomas, who's now a Las Vegas Raider. All right, so don't forget that element. They could have Jamal Adams, a safety just like John Lynch, and he didn't identify it. They could have had Christian McCaffrey, a running back. Imagine him in San Francisco. By the way, McCaffrey came out of Stanford, local, right down the street from 49ers headquarters. They could have had Mahomes, could have had Marshawn Lattimore, Deshaun Watson. It's a lot of great talent, Jonathan Allen, Washington. And they didn't do it either. No, you, you got to give blame all across the land. All right. And San Francisco deserves it. Uh, back to 2021. So that's my thoughts there. Kyle Pitts, outstanding. I am stunned. I was wrong. Well, for one, I am, I am stunned. Pause. I was wrong. I'm not stunned that I was wrong. I'm wrong sometimes. But I... Kyle Pitts, I didn't think Atlanta would keep the pick. I thought they would trade down, and they had a lot of people trying to trade up. And evidently, the asking price was too high. So they took it a once-in-a-lifetime tight end of Kyle Pitts. Pitts, I don't mind it. Ted didn't like it. Ted Schuster, my co-host, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. But, you know, I, I, I one thing I've learned. I think I've learned a lot, folks. And that, that's something I'll be straightforward. I'm always honest with you guys something I've realized about myself, I've learned a lot the last two years of football analysis and what we are doing at fantasy guru and going deeper and deeper into the study and studying general managers and scouting directors and personnel directors and historical drafts. And the thing that has stood out to me, and for those of you who are members over at fantasyguru.com, if you're going to get, if you are, no, you normally get our draft guides or, you know, any, any of the things that we do over there, or just a listener on Sirius or to this podcast, um, you know, this year's going to be absolutely fire. Last year was fire. This year's going to be just as much fire because I, I've solved the problem. I've solved the riddle. I really have took me 15 years in the business, but I've solved it. I know the answer. 
I know the answer in fantasy. I know the answer to building NFL teams. And that's get the best players. It sounds so easy. We all say it, but we don't do it. And we don't we project and we don't rank and we don't do it the right way. But when you have an opportunity to get – the NFL draft's biggest mistake is they waste their capital. They waste their time and energy. Drafting players, well, I need this. I need this. and We need that. We need that. No. In the first round, don't even think about need. Don't even think about it. It doesn't even matter. Well, Jets need a quarterback. Well, they did. But, you know, that doesn't mean you have to draft one. Right? Kyle Pitts wasn't a need for the Falcons. They have plenty of offensive weaponry. They have Hayden Hurst. I mean, they, they've plenty. They don't even utilize the tight end that much. Good numbers with Austin Hooper and Hayden Hurst the last two years. So, you know, compared to the rest of the league, I suppose, above average usage. But they drafted a player that's an absolute. And you, ne- I don't know any team ever. Seriously, it, it, I've done the last 11-year study. I've gone back further than that just as on a social scale, I'll say, where there's never been a time in any draft that I've ever gone through and covered, whether professionally or just as a fan or, or an analyst, that I a player or a team chose a player that was a hall, not even Hall of Fame, perennial all-pro player right? For just an all pro caliber player and regretted it. Never. Ne- it's never happened. Now, would they prefer others? And But every time they are the building blocks, your team. And in fantasy football, it's the same thing, guys. It's the same thing. Have the best players. Don't worry about it. Well, I need running backs first because they're not going to be there. Don't worry about what's there. Don't stress about what's may or may not be available to you later on get the best things now because you spend so much time worrying about what may or may not what might not happen instead focus in on the absolutes on the things that you know are great the people the players that you know are great and just stockpile them i guarantee you you're gonna find a place to start them you're gonna find usage for them you're gonna find it's a good thing to have so in in that same mindset i will go through the rounds i'm going to tell you difference maker in the first round i'll do it second once you get past the first round because there are 32 teams and i we all know there's not 32 sure things ever in a draft okay that's for sure so for those teams drafting at the end of the first round it's maybe not fair but the, the interesting thing about that is there are a lot of sure things drafted later on in this draft that other teams passed up because they're trying to fill a need. And it's a bad idea. Um, with that being said, so Kyle Pitts, to me, that is an absolute bona fide win. No doubt about it. Um, that's, a, that's a perfect one at four overall. Jamar Chase at five. I do not, I would not have gone there. I would not do that. I would have gone either Sewell or Slater or an offensive lineman, protect Joe Burrow. You know, that's the way I believe, but yet it's a successful pick. Why? Jamar Chase was the best 
in this class, the best wide receiver. And I don't like wide receivers in the first round. I don't like it. I, I think it's, but this is a very unique situation. And Jamar Chase is one of the better wide receiver prospects we've gone through in the last decade. Not the best. He's in the team photo, probably not in the top. I think, I don't know. I should probably put that list together. He's, he's not in the top five, I don't think, but he's in the top 10, which means that's an impact player. Then you, then you have to factor in that he and Joe Burrow played together and won a national championship that either one of them weren't very good until they had each other together. That partnership created stuff. So that's a win. It's a good selection. Is it the perfect selection? Probably not, but they didn't cock it up because that was left to the Miami Dolphins who took Jalen Waddle at six. That's a, that's a goddamn terrible fucking pick. I mean, that is just pure terribleness from the Miami Dolphins. I don't know what you could possibly be thinking with that, right? I, I mean, I, I legitimately don't know what it even would be. And Waddle is a special teams player. He may be Devin Hester. That's what he may be. He played with Tua, sure. So did Devonta Smith. Uh what uh Tua and Waddle, what did they play? 2019, they played together. I mean, he, he you talk about 30 catches, right? They played, I guess, in 2018 together in, in theoretically. And I think that was Waddle's best year. It's a guy who actually had worse numbers every year he played college football, but he was a, a electric returner, which is a totally different thing, right? Um, totally different skill set. I don't get it. You can't choose Jalen Waddle over Devonta Smith. Imagine what Devonta Smith felt like seeing a guy who was so, you know, so far back in Jalen Waddle at during practices and scrimmages. And when they game planned, everything was for Devonta Smith. And you see this guy go ahead of you. It's the same way Jerry Judy must have felt when Henry Ruggs went ahead of him. It's, it's a, it's a bad pick. It was a bad pick. And it doesn't fit your offense and it doesn't fit your quarterback. And this is not, it wasn't the best receiver that was on the board. It wasn't the best receiver from the right school. You had needs at other places. It was a bad pick. Terrible. Penny Sewell. Perfect. Absolute. Fantastic. JC Horn. Not fantastic. JC Horn has a lot of holes. The Carolina Panthers. If, if let's say Patrick Sertain would have went, fifth, sixth, or seventh off the board. And the Panthers took J.C. Horn. Eh, I don't think that would have been the best pick. I don't think that would have been the right pick, but I could have understood. There's no path on earth that I understand Horn over Patrick Sertain. None. J.C. Horn is going to be the king of pass interference calls. The king of pass interference calls. So where Patrick Sertain is an absolute thoroughbred, uh, it plays by the book, by the rules, a professional, big, strong, hard-hitting, ball-hawking corner. It's impossible to pass him up for Horn, but they did. And that goes to Denver Broncos. Fantastic pick by the Broncos. Again, there's speculation. Maybe he ends up going to Green Bay. I strongly doubt that. The, the Denver Broncos defensive backfield, by the way, was Sertain, 
Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby. This team is loaded. This defense, we forget about Denver, uh, that they did the fifth-year extension on Bradley Chubb. They're getting Vaughn Miller back. You've got Sertain. You've got uh, Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons, probably the best or top three safeties in the league. Kyle Fuller, which was an amazing get. Ronald Darby is solid. And when he, if he only has to play third corner possible, and then you got Bryce Callahan, who was an all pro slot cornerback in the past. And and by the way, they, Michael Ujmuida, uh, Media was a third round pick a couple of years ago. Now we picked him on and we picked on him in daily. But this is as deep as a defensive backfield as you could possibly imagine in the National Football League. Tremendous pick. It's a game. Again, Denver wins. They win that. Not a position of need. I found Denver probably might. Oh, I would have gone quarterback or something else. But the fact that they still got, even though it wasn't the perfect fit, they still got an elite level guy is exactly what you needed to do. The Eagles got so lucky. They moved up from 12 to 10 and they wound up with uh because the Cowboys lost out in certain. I mean, how fucking pissed are they brutal, but they, they let the Eagles move up and fine. Eagles get Devonta Smith. Finally, the Eagles don't cock up a, a wide receiver. Very solid. I, I'm long-term Devonte Smith's got issues too slight a frame. I think injuries are going to be a problem with him. Not going to be able to catch the ball in traffic. But I, I can accept it from Philadelphia's standpoint. And then the 11th pick overall, which is the best pick in the entire NFL draft, in my opinion. And that's Justin Fields. The Chicago Bears redeemed themselves. This is, this is Patrick Mahomes. I covered the draft in 2017. I've covered nine of these now professionally. I've been at seven events from New York to Chicago to Philadelphia to Dallas to Nashville. We've gone through these things. I've been there. I've done it. I've seen it. I was there in 2017 when, when the Chiefs moved up to get Mahomes. Nobody even, we didn't, we spent some time on it. We all kind of like him. Okay. We all like him, of course, but you know, it was not a ballyhoo thing. And he was kind of falling. Why was Mahomes falling? Weird. Oh, you know, Squeaky voice, kind of awkward mechanics at time, big arm, but will it hold up? Can run, but not fast. The whole, you know, we found our, our things on Mahomes that justified him going down. Same with Deshaun Watson. And it was all stupid. It was bad. I missed it. Most of you missed it. My colleagues missed it. Why, why did we miss it again? That the, the it's not about making a mistake, ladies and gentlemen. It's about doing it over and over and over again, repeating the same mistake. How? I've, I've gone through it with Justin Fields. This was before the reason I agreed to get naked is because I didn't think it would happen ever because some surely either the Jets would realize it and they were playing possum. The 49ers would be like, oh, yeah, we're kidding. We're going Justin Fields or somebody else. The Broncos, Panthers, uh, you know, even the Lions who have a, a need. Washington moving up. New England, who is a very extremely smart organization. You know, Minnesota, who I speculated, if you'll recall, I thought they may be in the market. 
thought they may be dipping their toe, and they did later on. We'll get to that. But Ryan Pace did what nobody else would do, and he traded up to 11 to get Justin Fields, the second-best quarterback in this class. I believe he's the third-best quarterback prospect since um, or in this decade. Like Andrew Luck one, Trevor Lawrence two, and Justin Fields three. And again, said this before the draft. Didn't matter where he went. It doesn't, it's that's not where they go. And I'm not saying Justin Fields now is guaranteed to be great in Chicago. Who knows? Maybe it is. Maybe Chicago being a, the Bears quarterback sucks it all out. It may be. That doesn't that should never extinguish you or anybody else doing the right thing. This is something I t- tell my kids all the time. You have to keep going. It's, it's a hard thing to do in life, man. When somebody, when it, you do the right thing and you know it's right and whatever, you put in the effort and it doesn't work out. Doing it a second time. What Ryan Pace did, he got embarrassed. He got pantsed in front of the world. He, he will forever be the guy who didn't draft Patrick Mahomes. The most desperate quarterback team in the league who had all the draft capital coming in for the Chicago bears that year. He had his choice between Mahomes, Trubisky and Deshaun Watson. He picked the absolute worst one, right? It's like being on uh, that uh, Monty Python or no, Monty, Monty Hall show. Let's make a deal. Now Wayne Brady and having two of the doors. Now you don't have to pick one door. It's three doors and two of them are gold mines. The other one's the donkey. And he picked the donkey. So what happens you know, when you're in that same situation again, you don't want to, you're not going back to that show. Why? Because you don't want to embarrass yourself. The easy thing to Chicago and Ryan Pace to do is sit at 20, draft an offensive lineman and, and march on, do the right responsible thing. They brought in Andy Dalton going up and br- having Nick Foles under contract and then bringing in Andy Dalton and then, but still keeping your head up and seeing that Justin Fields will slide it and that, all the New York Giants at 11 wanted in return was next year's first round pick and then a fourth and a fifth. That's it. Oh my God. To get Justin Fields, you do, you do it a million times over every, any other team. And that's why I said, this is the Kansas city chiefs organization did this in 2017. They had Alex Smith. They were okay. Remember Alex Smith healthy. Alex Smith was the fourth best fantasy quarterback in 2018, by the way, the year after. I think he was eighth or sixth or eighth best in 2017. I'm sorry, he was fourth best in 2017. 2016, he was like eighth best. He was productive. They loved their Alex Smith. They loved him, and rightfully so. But the Chiefs had a chance to get a once-in-a-lifetime prospect. And they went up and traded up and got them. They moved up 17 places, if, if I'm not mistaken. Bears only moved up nine. They paid similar prices to do so, by the way. And the thing is, everybody else just sat around, watched him, nitpicked on the guy for some odd reason. And Matt Nagy was a part of that organization in 2017 in the Kansas City, and he's a part of this one. I give Brian Pace all the credit in the world. And you know what? If Fields doesn't work out, and so by, well, if he doesn't, Pace won't be around anymore. But if he was, and three years from now, the same situation, my expectation would you do it again. You do it again. This is the right move. This was aggressive, but it's the right move. 
no matter how it works out. You, Justin Fields, the only thing anybody could say negative is he has epilepsy. And that's why Denver may have been scared away because some elevation issues that's possible, possible. And if his epilepsy triggers up or something happens physically or there's an injury, so be it. You can't be afraid to win, everybody. Right? You cannot be afraid to win. You can't be afraid to go for it. It was the pick of the entire draft. It was the move of the entire draft. So it's just breathtaking. It's the best moment as a Chicago Bears fan in draft history for sure. And it's the uh, first time I've really, really loved a Chicago Bears draft pick since, uh, boy, uh, Brian Urlacher back in whatever that was, oh, three. I don't remember what year it was. It, it was Brian Urlacher. But I, I liked Urlacher because uh, I thought he was going to play safety. I thought he was just a hard-hitting safety, and that could also play linebacker. And that's kind of – that's what he was going in – to this whole thing. Urlacher was 2000. Good Lord. Long time, man. I'm old. I'm getting real old. But I loved it. They drafted Mike Brown. I remember that was a good draft class. That's why they did a good job that year. Paul Edinger, the kicker. Oh, yay. So, um, but yeah, that it's the only time I've really absolutely positively loved the Bears pick. In my lifetime, really. I mean, Refrigerator Perry, I was young. Um, Rashawn Salam, I was excited about. And I was naive still at that time. I didn't realize he was going to get high and everything else. But he had a 1,000-yard season right away. So I kind of – I like that one. But, you know, there's not another one that I could ever remember that I really liked. So to get this is just – Amazing. And if you're a Bears fan like me, boy, it, it's worth everything. Just soak it in because these days are now. I'm already ordered my Justin Fields jersey. It's already in, in print. So I will have that son of a bitch on me uh, 24-7 come this NFL season for the next three years. So I love that one. Um, another, a couple, you know, I'm proud of the Cowboys. I'm proud of the Cowboys, man. I, I, moving down, bad idea. But once you saw Sertain wasn't there, to go back down and get Micah Parsons is pretty bold. It's a great move. You don't know what's going to happen with Leighton uh, uh, Van Der Rush. Leighton Van Der Rush. Neck injury. It seems like a bummer. It seems like a fragile situation. And then uh, Sean Lee retiring. Cowboys added several linebackers that are absolute bangers. Parsons... The, the, the degree of how good he will end up being at the NFL level is there's a pretty varying degree. As I have it, this is a three-dimensional linebacker, which is incredibly rare. He can cover. He can go on the edge. He can edge rush for you. But he's a side. He's best when he's in pursuit. That's what you want with your Mike linebacker. That's what we're looking for. So I, I love that pick. Rashawn Slater, fantastic at 13 from the Chargers. Start him out at guard and see where you go from there. You, you know, I, I have a, some apprehensions whether or not Slater can play tackle long-term. Uh, but you have Brian Balaga there now playing the right side. If Slater ends up on the left side, it's wonderful. If the worst-case scenario, he is going to be in a, a banger 
at the left guard situation. You've got Corey Lindsley and Matt Filer uh, that you brought in here as well. So it's a good offensive line to protect your asset and Justin Herbert and Allen and Mike Williams and Eckler like what they did. Joe Lombardi, smart. Brandon Staley, well, well uh, done in their first draft here in LA, even though not the first draft for Tom Telesco, but I think this organization had a good one. Slater's a very good one. The Jets, hey man, move back up with Minnesota. Elijah Vera Tucker, good. This is this is good. That's why I'm not so against Zach Wilson, even though I, he wasn't the best. He wasn't the best guy at two. The fact that they got, in my opinion, the best tackle in the last two drafts of Bekai Becton last draft. We'll see if Becton could stay healthy. He has to. That is going to be, I think Mackay Becton's health is more important than the development of Zach Wilson. But then Vera Tucker was an absolute sure thing. You plug him in at left guard. You, 10 years from now, you'll, you'll still be talking about the kid. That's how good he is. It's just, he's an absolute. To get an absolute at 14, you do it. You do it every time. All right? And so now you have two fifths of an offensive line, 40% locked in for the New York Jets. And oh, by the way, they weren't done. This, this, that's how you do it. Even if your quarterback, if Zach Wilson doesn't turn out to be a star, you never have to string your quarterback along to look so shitty as Sam Darnold did at time. And that's what happens when you don't have any protection for your QB. You know, George Fant on the right side is a, veteran guy he's been around he could hold down the right side Connor McGovern I like in the center so all of a sudden this offensive line is shaping up pretty nicely add another piece in free agency or the draft next year and you're talking exceptional and that's going to help Zach Wilson take a huge step forward in year number two as well so I, I love what they did there so those are all great Patriots drafted Mac Jones the Patriots not going for Justin Fields worries me. I'm worried that maybe Bill Belichick, maybe it is. Maybe he's just, maybe the genius is gone. You know, maybe he's too full of himself. You don't have to draft Alabama players every draft, Bill. I'm sure if Mac Jones, Mac Jones, they could win with Mac Jones, but. He wasn't, and the fact that they didn't have to trade up for him is fine. I can live with the pick to get a quarterback at 15, but you don't get quarterback difference making quarterbacks at 15. They're not available. Somebody has traded up for them. And I think the 49ers and Bears and everybody else showed that nobody else was that impressed with them. The, the thing about the Patriots that worries me about Bill Belichick's genius being gone is what are you going to do with Cam Newton now? We cannot forget that the Patriots went into this off season with an absolute clear cut plan. They brought back Cam Newton. They went out and got Aguilar Bourne, Henry, Johnu Smith. They let uh, uh, Joe Tooney go. They bring Trent Brown back all this stuff that they did. All right. And to not to downgrade the offensive line so dramatically and to bring in only run blockers and have only run blockers here 
and then get run blocking wide receivers and tight ends. Uh, that means you're going to run the offense you ran last year. You're going to go up and smash mouth football, do the power running game. Okay. So then where does your first round draft pick fit with that? He doesn't. Mac Jones doesn't factor in here. So fact that Cam Newton can never stay healthy and your backup cannot run the system that all the personnel you went out and got, including Ramondre Stevenson, the fourth round pick. I think it was the fourth round pick from him. Nobody fits this. Mac Jones doesn't fit any of this. So I guess in a perfect world, they're hoping, oh, we'll do this style in 2021, 2022, hand the keys to Mac Jones. We'll bring back what we had with Tom Brady, go get some pass catchers, and away we go. Well, fine. But if Mac Jones has to play in 2021, that guy's in fucking trouble, real trouble. So uh, that's that. Zavin Collins at 16 at the Cardinals. I love it. By the way, if you checked out my prospect rankings over at fantasyguru.com, you're welcome. My mock draft was a, an abortion, but my prospect rankings were pretty damn good. And, you know, Jalen Phillips, Zaven Collins, Alex Leatherwood I had up there, even though I put Leatherwood as a guard, not a tackle. The, Va- the Raiders chose him at 17. Zaven Collins is a beast. I urge you go listen to the tape of him and, uh, when Steve Kime and Michael Bill Bidwell and Cliff Kingsbury called him after they were making that selection. It's one of the greatest things you'll ever hear. Leatherwood to the Raiders, Jalen Phillips, the Dolphins. Don't mind those picks. But at this point, if you notice, we're not, these are not sure things. Now we Leatherwood, ah, I don't mind the pick, but they were better tackles and or guards available to the Raiders at 17. So it wasn't the right pick. Jamin Davis for the Washington football team. I got to wonder what Washington's doing, going out and getting more linebackers, more defensive help when you have so many offensive needs. The worst pick of the first round was Kadarius Tony of the Giants. And that has nothing to do with Tony himself. Not bad, pure slot receiver, but he's a hand, he's a body catcher fast but not really a quick twitch guy off the line uh that's not fair that's not fair he's not bad he he can get open he's, he can be a quick twitch guy but you already had three of them you had Shepard, you had darius slayton you had kenny Galladay. you paid a lot of money for the giants getting saquon back barkley back you don't need any more pass catchers you need somebody to give daniel jones time to make the right decision and deliver the football or you needed another quarterback to do that. That's what you need. There's plenty of receivers, plenty. You didn't need this. This was a bad pick, a real bad pick. Speaking of which, Quiddy Pay at 21. That's a bad pick. It's a bad pick by the Indianapolis Colts. Pay is okay. Yeah, Ryan, poet didn't know it. But Indianapolis needed an offensive lineman. They needed a left tackle. Christian Darisol was still on the board. And they outright freaking refused to make that selection. The best pure left tackle in this class, Christian Derisaw, was on the board for the Colts when they made their selection at 21. And they chose another edge? What do you need another edge rusher for? The Colts are perpetually playing for two years down the road. Doesn't make any sense to me. Tevin Jenkins was still on the board. Leon Eichenberg, who went to school with Quentin Nelson, was still on the board. Sam Cos- Cosme. 
who didn't go to the middle of the second round for some odd reason. Dylan Radins, who I love from North Dakota State. The, all of these guys were still on the board. And you didn't. Okay, well, surely they come back and, and address their left tackle. No, they never did. They never freaking did. Caleb Farley to the Titans. It's a need for them. I get the pick. I'm not the biggest Farley guy, but you you met your need. You checked that box. Christian Derisaw, fantastic by the by the Vikings. That the Vikings improved their offense line. They did a good job at doing it, getting the best pure ta- pure tackle with no questions about Derisaw's ability at 23. Najee Harris to the Steelers again. No, absolutely not. He wasn't the best running back in the class. He is a Bigger bruising back, which works when you're Derrick Henry. Mostly it works when you have a great offense line. The Steelers don't have that. Steelers were better off probably with McFarlane and an offensive lineman than Najee Harris and no offensive line. I don't like that pick. I didn't like Travis Etienne, 25 to Jacksonville. Awful. You paired your guys. Then you say he's a third down, but they already brought in. You have James Robinson. You bring in Gio Bernard. What are you doing? What I, I don't, it's, you have so many team needs. Travis Etienne was not one of them. Uh, Greg Newsom to the Browns. Fine. I think there was a better pick to be made, but they addressed their corner. Greedy Williams, a huge question mark. So make, get some insurance there. Rashad Bateman by the Ravens. No adding another receiver to a team that doesn't throw. It doesn't make any sense. Peyton Turner, nothing Sean Peyton likes than his own name and ego. So makes sense that he drafted him, but, I, Peyton Turner's not bad. He just wasn't the best edge rusher defensive end available. And that's what the Saints did. Eric Stokes to the Packers again. Another pick. No, didn't make any sense. Uh, Stokes was a riser corner. Packers keep drafted corners. They never seem to be great other than Jair Alexander. Gregory Rousseau, uh, great edge rusher. The Bills had the luxury to do that. And I'm curious what the Bills would have done if Najee Harris and or Travis Etienne would have been on the board. But uh, Rousseau's fine. Again, Buffalo had a a lot. They didn't have a lot of needs. So best player available, Rousseau is definitely a a certified edge rusher. Makes a lot of sense. Odefe away for the Baltimore Ravens, an edge rusher. You know, losing Judon and a couple of those guys, it was a big need for the Ravens. A better pick than their Rashad Bateman pick, even though I like Bateman, but Eh. honest to God, I don't, I did not love it. So that's, that's my first, uh, the first round, of course, Jeff man style. I go over every single pick and I'm way, I spent way too much time on the first round. I'll skim through second round. The pick that jumps Javante Williams to the Broncos. I love it. Javante Williams was the best back. Javante Williams will prove to be the best running back in the 2021 draft class for sure. It is certain he's going to push Melvin Gordon out the door here. Melvin Gordon will get the start. He'll get the bulk of the touches probably week one, but this is a, they lost Philip Lindsay anyway. So this is, it wasn't the ideal landing spot for Javante Williams, but it also wasn't a terrible landing spot because he, he will clearly overtake Melvin Gordon. I wouldn't doubt if it happened by the end of training camp. This guy is legit. Probably my, uh, Boy, Dynasty Leagues, I probably still have him on my number one guy. I haven't done my Dynasty rankings yet. Should have him this week. 
but I love that. Um, Landon Dickerson, one of the best centers in the game to the Eagles at five. I like Javon Holland, uh, another player I was right about, everybody. Zayvon Collins, Javon Holland told you linebackers that and safety class were not as good. Mo Rig was not Mayrig was not nearly as good as everybody was trying to make him out to be. It's like everybody gave up, didn't want to scout and, and do any analysis on safety. So they said, fuck it. Mayrig is the guy everybody likes. All right, we'll all put him number one. He wasn't. Javon Holland was, and the Dolphins made that pick. Uh, and then uh, Christian Barmore from Alabama to the Patriots. Patriots shows another Alabama player, but this one is a good one. True. This is where you think, all right, Bill Belichick lost to Mac Jones and he gained it back here. That's a great pick. I can't believe this guy didn't go in the first round. It's absurd to me. Great pick. Chicago Bears moving up to – I think they move up four or 11 spaces again in round two to get Tevin Jenkins when they saw him falling. So fucking great. That's the way you do it. That is the way you do it. Bears have needed offensive line desperately, but they also needed a franchise quarterback. They got that with Justin Fields. Now you have to start protecting him. I think James Daniels and Cody White here are fine. I think they're above average, right? Are they pure bangers no they can do the job all right they go out and uh, get Jermaine or Jermaine Iafetti from the Seahawks Charles Leno Jr. has been on the left side for you but you go get Tevin Jenkins who I think could play right tackle immediately Iafetti moves inside to right guard Daniels White here this is an improvement of the entire offensive line I think this is a, such a good get by the Bears. Another amazing move by Ryan Pace, not being afraid. Uh, picks I like, Eichenberg to the Dolphins. Very smart. Dolphins with a couple good ones in Javon Holland and Eichenberg in round two. Makes up a little bit for that shitty round one. Asante Samuel Jr., great pick by the Chargers who needed it. Bengals get Jackson Carmen who protected uh, Trevor Lawrence at Clemson. So their second-round pick they used to get a guy who is – impactful and will impact the offense line improves that offense line. So some good ones right there. Ujulari from the giants fell a great value play right there for them. I hated Rondale Moore, the Cardinals, terrible pick Cleveland getting uh, Jeremiah Owosu Koromoa from Notre Dame. He's an undersized player that fell because of that fact but you might as well take a chance on it if you're the Cleveland Browns. Dylan Radens, fantastic pick by the Titans, 21st in the second round. I can't believe he fell that far. I really can't. Fryermuth to the Steelers, solid, don't really understand it. Dwayne Eskridge, terrible pick by the Seattle Seahawks, just awful. Tutu Atwell, boring, terrible. Terrace Marshall, decent pick by the Carolina Panthers. Um... That's about it. A couple of centers and Myers and Humphrey, which I don't agree with chiefs and Packers. Kyle Trask told you guys he was going to, I had him ahead of Mac Jones, him going to the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's a great pick by the Buccaneers. Now you're not on the hook for him at all yet. This is a guy with the best ball placement in college football last year. The best better than Lawrence, better than fields, better than everybody. But he's had injuries. He's not a mobile guy. He's got the size, got the arm. There's that's a good fit. Let Bruce Arians work with him. We know he's not clear cut, not starting for at least a year. I like that pick. I like it a lot. 
third round, Kellen Mund to the Vikings. This puts a clock. This is the Jalen Hurts pick from last year, where it's not a threat necessarily to Kirk Cousins, but it is in case Kirk Cousins does have an up and down season as he's had each of the last two years. So that's something to pay attention to. Um, other third round picks that really stand out to me, like the Brady Christensen, a pick of the Carolina Panthers at uh, sixth pick of the third round. Good tackle, very solid. Saw him uh, with Zach Wilson last couple of years, pretty solid out of BYU. Um, I don't know. None, none of the other Tommy Tremble. I'm not a fan of it all. Tight end goes to Carolina with the 20th pick Amari Rogers. Like what, what's that? Why are you drafting a Rogers? If you're green Bay at 20, I don't, I don't get that pick. I, I just don't get, it. there are better receiver prospects there as well. You're trying to get a Randall Cobb type. He can catch the ball in traffic. I get it. I don't know. I, I just don't understand. Just didn't understand. Ooh, that's the other one. Wyatt Davis from Ohio State. Now, I have Wyatt Davis playing center. The Vikings draft him as a guard, but could absolutely play center here, too. Another offensive lineman for the Minnesota Vikings after getting Christian Darisaw. Very, very, very smart. You, you, they drafted Garrett Bradbury, their center, a couple years ago. I like Ezra Cleveland, who's a good run blocker in this uh on this offensive line too but getting Darisaw, having Wyatt Davis now come in starting to improve an offensive line that was absolutely purely decimated this offseason uh I think the best fantasy one of the most best fantasy picks of any of the later rounds round three Trey Sermon to the 49ers what a good pick it's so low-key that I absolutely love it He's a one-cut guy, so much Le'Veon Bell in him. You could throw him the football. Not fast, but Raheem Mostert wasn't even drafted. Jeffrey Wilson, I don't think he was drafted. Or he, I think he's a fourth-round pick, something like that. You don't have to be a drafted guy. Alfred Morris in, in this uh, Kyle Shanahan system. And Trey Sermon was, and he's highly thought of. This is a great pick. That's a fantastic dynasty acquisition right now. I like Nico Collins went 26th and third round to out of Michigan to the Texans Texans made, they had to draft a quarterback to protect their ass for Deshaun Watson. Tyra Taylor is going to be the guy starting for the Texans all year. The, the Houston Texans, the worst team in the NFL 2021 by a mile, but Nico Collins, a guy they could build around. He's a good receiver, big body receiver. Not fast, not as fast as people would like, but I, I like that pick as well. Um, other picks in this one, you, you start looking at the compensatory picks, and nothing really stands out. The lo- oh, the one that does stand out, 38th pick in this round, Ayafetu Melifuanu. This guy out of Syracuse, who's my second highest graded cornerback in this draft. The Lions get a good one, man. That's a good acquisition. And so important when you see what the rest of this division is doing as far as quarterbacks are concerned and all that. The Lions put Melifuatu to go along with last year's first-round pick, Jeffrey Okuda. Okay. They have Quentin Dunbar still in place. And uh, Amani Uranware, who was an absolute redhead stepchild for DFSers. But another year with him – Former fifth round pick. It's not bad. 
you're getting some corners. The safety play is still atrocious in Detroit, but I like that pick for them as well. Boy, uh, all right, let's get into round four. Notable picks only. Uh, Michael Carter to the Jets. Will he be a full-time runner? Well, he'll have an opportunity to. I wasn't the biggest fan of Michael Carter. Everyone was on. There's people that ranked him ahead of Javante Williams, and those people didn't do any of their research whatsoever. And that's why Javante Williams was rumored to be a first-round pick where while Michael Carter fell to the fourth. Carter's fine. Don't mind it. He'll get an opportunity. He landed in a good spot. Again, we mentioned upgrade offensive line. But I would take Trey Sermon a thousand times over him. I like Des Fitzpatrick. Fourth pick of the fourth round going to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, pretty, pretty nice raw prospect, though, that, that they needed to uh, downfield, deep ball threat to replace Corey Davis with. I, I can dig that as well. Jabril Cox. This is that was what I was talking about earlier at Micah Parsons. Um, can't remember where I had Jabril Cox ranked as far as linebackers, but I'll tell you, he was not far behind Micah Parsons for me, at least. I was in on both of these guys. Let me, I'm digging this up. Yeah. So I had, I actually had Jamin, Jamin Davis over Micah Parsons at the inside backer spot. And I had Nick or uh, Nick Bolton, then I had Jabril Cox. So for the Cowboys to get two of the top four linebackers in this class, at least inside linebackers, is really phenomenal. And I think Cox, Cox is more of an inside linebacker, whereas Micah Parsons can play both. He could play, you could play him at Sam or Will if you wanted, preferably Will linebacker, because that gives him a chance to roam a little bit. But uh, you can, this is a lot of versatility. It's two good picks. Ramondre Stevenson didn't time well. This you want to meet your goal line running back for the New England Patriots in 2021. It's Ramondre Stevenson, 15th pick of the fourth round. Like that one, a great deal. Other notable picks in the fourth round. Um, Ian Book to the Saints. Now nah, that's nothing. I, I find is this the new Taysom Hill as everybody's been mentioning? Fine. I don't give a shit. I don't want anything to do with it. Now nah, I didn't like Ian Book at Notre Dame surrounded by immense talent. I don't really like him here at all. Round five of the 2021 NFL draft, uh, notable picks, Brevin Jordan. I think I had him as my second or third best tight end on the board. He weighed to the fifth round. Texans got another one there. Not bad. Not bad. Bengals choosing a kicker. Dumb. Just dumb. Evan McPherson was good, but we've seen so many college cool. College kickers, especially in warm weather like Florida, they do this every fucking year. Terrible to spend draft capital on a kicker. Kenneth Gainwell to the Eagles. The Eagles are just going to spit in the face of Miles Sanders religiously. I kind of like Gainwell as a true PPR type running back. He's a true pass catcher. Not much of a running back. He's not good on the ground. But through the air, he's, he's something. They're going to want to get him on the field, even though it's not, it's a minimal investment. It just bewilders me why, what they wouldn't, why they wouldn't just pump the ball to Miles Sanders, be a true feature back. Don't understand that whatsoever. Um, other notables here, the Chargers, Brendan James, another big offensive lineman. It's such 
Keep protecting. Keep drafting these guys. Get some depth at the position. Speaking of which, Jamar Johnson, the Broncos' uh, fifth-round safety, another guy, right? Another guy, a good safety that uh, the uh, I had him with my fourth-best safety out of Indiana here for the Broncos. Broncos secondary is so fucking lit. It's incredible. It really is just lit with talent. Uh, to, to, to anybody else here that stands out to me again, you guys always could ask me your questions. If you want to know about your favorite team, I really, it's the kind of conversations I love. We don't have to fight. I can just give you my straight opinion on how do you think your, your favorite teams did where your favorite prospects were going, how the shapes up for fantasy at Jeff underscore man's on Twitter, the Jeff man's on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok as we get into round number six here. Now it becomes more of a crapshoot for sure. Um, standouts right here. Uh, I don't mind Nick Neiman. I know my t- boy Ted Schuster likes him out of Iowa. Another good pick for the LA Chargers. Good Lord. Uh, speaking of which, the Chargers then, the 14th pick of the sixth round, Larry Roundtree the third. Damn. Constantly, you know. Austin Eckler is in a great spot, but you've Herbert, you've great receivers. Eckler got hurt last year. You know how built that guy is. He could pull soft tissue injuries all the time. Roundtree's a beast, strong guy, real strong between the tackles. has the speed to get outside on you. I was a fan of Joshua Kelly. I kind of like Justin Jackson too, but it's another bona fide, Guy who, who, if there's enough proper amount of injuries, Larry Rountree the third could step up in LA and be a very high end fantasy running back. So I like that move as well. Chargers just did such a good job. As you really investigate this, like damn, every pick they're making it count. So uh, shout out to the Chargers with Tom Telesco. He's been up and down, but he's running hot after that Herbert pick, baby. And why not take it? God, I hope that the Ryan Pace does the same thing. The sixth round, the rest of it, not not a lot of interest to me. Not a lot of interesting picks. I got to talk about my number uh, 10 ranked wide receiver prospect that goes first pick of the seventh round, Michael Strahan from Charleston University in West Virginia. Such, such a good six foot five, 230 pounds, four, four speed outstanding leaping ability ball skills out of this world. Okay. Just hasn't faced off against great competition. He grew up in the Bahamas, just hasn't played football. He dominated on this sort of division three level, but you don't know exactly where, you know, what he's going to be about. The Colts always seem to draft my favorite guys, Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, fucking Deion Kane a couple of years ago, straw Now, Whatever it is, me and and uh, Chris Ballard are in Patico. Maybe it's Morocco Brown, their director of college scouting. We are together on this because it's incredible. I like the pick. What happens with Strahan, it's absolutely worth that pick. It's worth being aware of in training camp and dynasty leagues, but we don't have to make a pact. He's still got a ways to go. The competition factor, he's also a bit of a diva, believe it or not. He's just a kid who's never, never been denied. You know, he's just 
grown up, good looking dude. The whole nothing's ever been hard for him. It doesn't seem like he's a wealthy family. It's like he grew up in the Bahamas, but it wasn't like oh, it's an uh, you know in a, a hardship or anything. Absolutely not. Quite the contrary, as a matter of fact. So I love him. First pick of the seventh round. Uh, others that stood out to me in the seventh: Jared Dokes in Miami. Everyone keeps talking about Miles Gaskin being the lead running back in Miami, and he he made it out alive and made it out with his job and all of this for the Miami Dolphins. I don't disagree with it, but everyone's putting Jared Dokes in a pile as if he doesn't mean anything, and I think that's a mistake. Again, if you paid attention to my rankings over at fantasyguru.com, you know I had uh, Jared Do- At one point, Jared Dokes was my, I think he was number six on my board as far as running backs. I ended up putting Khalil Herbert, who went to the Bears, another good Bears draft pick, by the way, uh, ahead of him, and he went to seven. He's still a top seven running back in this class for me. I like him a lot. Um, Cincinnati's a, a, a running back factory, a low key running back factory. Mike Warren, a couple years ago, is kicked around with the uh, Eagles and whatnot. But I, I like Jared Dokes, I think he is a true chain mover, and he is exactly what Miles Gaskin isn't short yardage, move the chains, goal line runner, all of that. It wouldn't be surprised. They brought in Malcolm Brown this offseason to kind of fill that role, but now they don't need any financial commitment if they don't need to. They could just have Jared or Jared Dokes, their seventh rounder, fit that bill. So I, I there's gonna be a challenge for that job for Miles Gaskin. Still the best fantasy option for sure, but I don't think it's as runaway as everybody is saying. Uh other picks of the seventh round, that's pretty much it. Uh, right there, Jamar Jefferson, I do like uh, a little bit. He was highly thought of in the beginning of this process, but dropped to Detroit with the third to last pick of the 2021 NFL draft. All right, I'm way over on time. I was only going to give you – I thought this might be a half hour, but get me talking football. I'm all there for you. Again, fantasyguru.com is the place to go. If you want to hang out with me, for the next couple months before the football season starts, I am uh, playing daily fantasy baseball every single day. Got my cash game breakdowns out there for you as well on elitefantasy.com. Get there, be, get our VIP, get all the sports, PGA, NHL, MMA, NBA, MLB, NASCAR. Don't forget about that. Soccer and esports and all of that good stuff. And then uh, be ready to go once football season rolls around in September because we'll be ready to go for you as well. Listen to me on Sirius XM's fantasy sports radio every weekday afternoon, four to 6 PM Eastern time for everybody out there. Follow me at Jeff underscore man's on Twitter, the Jeff man's Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. Uh, that will do it for this episode. Number 63 in the books. We'll be back. Remember bonus episode later on this week. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If you've got questions, me and Tyler Beaker, from Fantasy Guru, we'll be recapping winners, losers, favorite picks, worst picks, all of this good stuff on this week's later episode, episode 64 of One Man's Opinion. If there are questions, situations, anything that you want us to address in that next episode coming up in just a couple of days, 
Hit me up at Jeff underscore Mans. Let me know. Hit me up in the in the chat rooms across our enterprise at fantasyguru.com, elitefantasy.com, and elitesportsbetting.com. That will do it. Episode 63 in the books. Thank you, one and all. Appreciate you guys being patient with the uh, um, delay of this, this episode, but wanted to give you a recap instead of another preview that would have been worthless to you 24 a- hours after it posted. I am Jeff Mans. We will see you next time, everybody. Remember, if you disagreed with anything we said, I said in this episode, it's perfectly okay. Why? You know why. Because it was one man's opinion. See you next time, everybody. Deuces.